Typically every, every year, I lean around a word that I feel like God is wanting us to, to build upon as a foundation for the year. Something that we are to step into, something that is a growth for our church, but a growth in every one of us as the church, as the body of Christ. And I want to read to you out of Proverbs chapter 3. This will be the theme scripture of this year. All right, we're bringing it back. It's growing slowly but surely. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. A famous passage, a famous two scriptures. And we're going to dive into this a little bit today and throughout this year, what this really means and what this word is. It says in verse five, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. The word this year that I felt like God gave me was the word trust. Trust. Trust is a hard word. Trust is something that's not easy. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own ways. Do not lean on your own ways of understanding. Do not lean on the ways that you think that life should be. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, consider him, talk to him, plead with him, and he shall direct your path. I believe that if we will seek him in this manner, God will direct in the way we should go this year. I want to turn also to Psalms chapter 34. I want to read and talk a little bit about this story today. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. This is King David talking, and it's amazing to me that Proverbs is written from Solomon, one of King David's sons. Psalms 34, this is what this song that we just sang is written from. It says this, I, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boasts in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Can we magnify the Lord just for a moment. Magnify the Lord with me. Come on, make some noise for Jesus. That's what that means. Let us exalt his name together. And this is where the part of the song we sing. It says, and I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. 
The angel of the Lord encaps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see. and everything that you've given us and everything that you want to do that we would trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Give someone a hug before you're seated. If you sit down, stand back up and give them a hug. I meant to give you my title before I prayed and I jumped there too soon. How many want to know the title today? If you're a title person, you'll want to write this down. But the title I want to talk to you and preach to you from today is Trusting When It Doesn't Make Sense. Trusting When It Doesn't Make Sense. Have you ever been on a road trip and you allowed someone else to drive? How many of you are like, you're the road trip drivers, like you are the one who will be driving, give me the keys, get in the passenger, you get it, tell everybody else, get in the passenger seat. Like how many, how many of you are, are the backseat drivers? Like you're not driving, but you want to tell the driver how to drive. Lord bless them. How many really just don't care? You just want to get there. You like, I'll bring the snacks. I'll play the playlists. You're hooking it up to Bluetooth. You're ready to go. I'm the driver. I like to drive. Matter of fact, it's a condition I have because I get excessively motion sickness when I'm not driving. How many of you get motion sickness? This is, it's, it's a curse from the pit of hell. It is, it is a really a big issue. I've tried everything. I've got, when I fly, I even have these electro bands that shocks my body to try to like trigger my brain. It's like, I, do, I try everything. I've taken the pills. If I take Dramamine, I turn into the Hulk, so it's not very nice and... Try not to do that. But, but driving on a road trip can, can be interesting. I remember a time when, when we were, I was with some friends. Some of them are in this room today. Um, they hate when I drive. We were driving somewhere, and I don't remember exactly where we were driving or what we were doing. But, but along the journey of whatever we were doing or wherever we were going, 
to them, they had a near death experience. They were screaming at me. They were yelling. It was like intense. And I was like, y'all are being just a bunch of babies. Like you need to calm down. You need to chill out. And my response to them was when we got done, they're like, you almost killed us. But I said, but did you die? <laughs> and they're sitting in this room today. So they're alive. I know they're alive and well. But I have found in my life that trusting God can often feel like this. You're just on this journey in life and we are trusting God in things that we don't understand. You're trusting God in things that often feel like you are going to have a near death experience. It's overwhelming. You don't know what to do. And when you're trusting God, you're on, on, the, on the journey. You're just going along for the ride. You're in not in, in any of control by any means. Just like when someone else is driving and something unexpected comes in the road or, or something wants to happen as the backseat driver, you, it's very easy to just yell out, watch out, look out. Did you see that? Watch, slow down. They're like 80 feet in front of you and your wife's already telling you to break. You're only doing 25 miles an hour. Or you're driving and you see the turn that you think that we should take. And so as a backseat driver would do, you say, you yell, turn here. You know the better route. You're the one in control, you feel, but you're not even in the driver's seat and you're the backseat driver. Why? Because we want to make sure they see it, right? We feel that they're not paying attention. We feel that we know which way is best. We know a certain way because we know better. But I've got to tell you, God doesn't need a backseat driver. God doesn't need someone calling the shots when he is the shot caller. No, I'm not singing the song. Some of y'all need to be saved and sanctified right now. Go ahead and bring out the anointing oil. Let's pray for you. But how do I know this? I know this because my Bible says that God knows the end from the beginning. That he is the first and the last. That he is the alpha and the omega. He doesn't need an annoying backseat driver. As we observe this text today in Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon is instructing his son. He's telling him in this passage and he's giving him clear instructions on the way he ought to lead and on the way that he ought to live his life in order for it to be successful, in order for it to be full of peace and prosperity. Now, just for clarity, I need you to understand that Solomon was considered the wisest man alive. When, when God gave him the opportunity to be given anything that he asked for, which God did that, Solomon didn't ask for long life. He didn't ask for good health. He didn't ask for his enemies to be to be put to death. When he was asked if he could have anything in the world, what could he have? He asked for one thing, and that was wisdom. He said, God, give me wisdom to discern for the people in which you've called me to lead. And because of that, God said, since you didn't ask for long life, since you didn't ask for, for wealth, since you didn't ask for good health, since you didn't ask for your enemies to be put to death, I'm going to give you wisdom and I will make you the wisest man alive and I will give you all of the others. 
So Solomon, in his wisdom, is telling his son while he's getting ready to lead, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not just a part of it, with all of it. You see, trusting can be hard and it can be a very difficult thing. It's hard to trust when you have bills stacking up that you know that you can't afford to pay. It's hard to trust when your child is being told that he is needing medication or she is needing medication in order for her to function. It's hard to trust when you get a diagnosis that you weren't expecting. It's hard to trust when you dream of having a family, but you're told that you cannot conceive. It's hard to trust when you're, what you're doing is what you feel like God has told you to do, but things aren't going the way that they were supposed to go. It's hard to trust when you've been praying and praying and praying for something to happen and it hasn't happened yet. But know this, your trust in God is defined in the space between when you seek him and when he answers you. This is why David wrote in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he heard me. This is why David at the very beginning of that passage in Psalm 34 can declare and say, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises will be continually in my mouth. You see, the interesting thing, though, about this passage is that King David was writing this during one of the most difficult times in his life. Like if you were reading it, he, he's writing this. He's writing, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will be continually in my mouth he, while he's running for his life. You've got to understand the magnitude of where this passage in Scripture is coming from. We read it. It's like, oh, it sounds so pretty. But to David, what he was facing wasn't anything but pretty. David writes Psalm 34 while he is experiencing 1 Samuel chapter 21. And I want to read that today. David is on the run. 1 Samuel chapter 21 verses 10. It says, That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances that Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands? David took these words to heart and he was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the door of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. David is saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. Let his praises be continually in my mouth all while he's running from Saul and he's acting crazy and he's got saliva dripping down his beard. He's saying, I sought the Lord and he heard me all while he's fearing for his life. 
He's running from Saul and he's running to the Philistines. The same Philistines, if you mind you, that he defeated years ago by the name of Goliath. Y'all remember the story as you maybe learned as if you were a child raised in church. He's running back to the king of Gath, who is the king of the Philistines, all while he's running from Saul, who is who one day he will actually overthrow or God will remove and he will take on the kingship. King David will. And he's running from him because Saul feels threatened by him and he's trying to kill him. And he runs into where the Philistines are, where he's on the run. And now he's acting like a madman. But David is trying to get us to see. That in all while he was going through hell, while hell was breaking out all around him, while anxiety was rising, all while the fear of, of what was going on was making him feel crazy. All while you don't know what you're going to do on the next time you're supposed to do it. All while you feel like you're at a dead end and there's nowhere to go. All while you feel like, am I acting crazy right now? All while you ain't sure how you're going to make it another step. David is saying in this passage, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. David is trying to get us to see and he wants you to know that if you will seek the Lord, that if you will trust in the Lord, that if you will lean on the Lord, that if you will praise his name and if you will allow his praises to ever be in your mouth, that the God of all creation will hear you and he will deliver you, that all those who trust in the Lord shall be blessed. David isn't saying it's going to look pretty. David isn't saying it's going to look fancy. David is saying sometimes you may look like you got saliva coming out of your mouth and you're acting like a madman scratching at the doors of the gate. That when you're trying to trust God in a situation where you don't know where it's going to go, you may feel a little crazy. You see, we often talk about trust as if it's like some fancy thing. We talk real fancy when it comes to the word trust or it comes to the word faith. Oh, I sought the Lord. In my cedar-lined prayer closet. And my cassette player was playing the original Amazing Grace. And when I sought the Lord, He spoke to me in an audible voice and He heard me. But can I tell you today, trust doesn't always look fancy. Trust often looks crazy. It looks messy sometimes. What, can, can we even just ask the question, what does the word sought even mean? What, what, what does that even mean? It, it doesn't always mean coming to church. It doesn't always mean just saying a prayer. It doesn't always mean just quoting that Bible verse. It doesn't always mean singing a song. It means something very different to David. Because he wrote it while spit was coming down his beard, not knowing what would happen next. And that's where I believe some of you are at today. Because you, you go to pray about it, that thing that you're facing, the thing that you're trying to trust God with, and you don't feel like you've got a clear answer. And there will be times, and maybe there's been times for you that you sang the song and you said the phrase, I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. There are also sometimes you're singing that song 
And you're saying, I sought the Lord. And I hope he heard. But right now, I don't see the evidence to support that he heard me. Can I tell you today, that's where trust is built. That's where faith in the almighty God is tested. That's where you learn to lean not on your own understanding, but on his and on his ways. It's between the seeking and God answering. It's in that space. When turmoil is hitting and you feel defeated and you're frustrated and you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you don't know how you're going to make it another step, you're facing something that feels like it's making you crazy. We've got to understand, David is on year two running from Saul, where he will eventually run for seven years. Seven years he's fleeing for his life. And he actually comes to a point three different times where he could have taken Saul's life and taken it in his own hands. But he didn't. Why? Because he trusted in the Lord. He knew that God was the one who would make the decision and God was the one who would finally make the transition happen. He trusted the Lord. I believe it goes to show you that in your ugliest situations, they will bring forth your most beautiful testimonies. David is scratching at the doorpost, saliva is dripping down his beard, and yet he's still saying, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. While he is running for his life, he says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. Blessed is the man. It may not look pretty, it may look messy. It may look like you're going a little bit crazy, but blessed is the man who trusts in him to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, somebody say all. All your ways, not some of your ways, not the ways that you would like to do, not the ways that are convenient for you, but in all of your ways. In every decision, it says acknowledge him. What does that mean? Consider him, talk to him, give him the chance to speak. And it says he will and he shall direct your path. When we trust in God, when we lean on him, when we consider him, he will direct our path. You want to know the way forward? Trust Him. You want to know how to get out of that mess that you're in that you can't seem to, to figure out? Trust Him. You want to know how to live a life that's full of meaning? Trust Him. You want to know what to do on that business deal that you're not sure if you should make or do or start that business? 
trust him. You want to know how to get through that marriage situation that you're facing that you just can't seem to figure out how a way is through or how to get through it? Trust him. You want to know how to parent those kids that are driving you crazy and everything you've taught them to do? They've now become a teenager and it looks like they're little demons running around? Trust him. Trust him. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Sometimes trust doesn't make sense. Sometimes trust means doing something that maybe you've never done before. I want us all to stand up across this room today. Where are you needing to trust God at right now in your life? I want you to think about that. Maybe you know exactly where it is. You know exactly what's happening. You you know where you're in a strain right now. You're in a tension. Where is it that you need to trust God? Do you need to trust God in your marriage right now? Do you need to trust God in your career and, and your job? Do you need to trust God with these kids that you're trying to raise at the best of your ability? Do you need to trust God with your whole heart? Because you've only given Him a piece of it and God's saying, give me all of it. Sometimes trust doesn't make sense. And maybe for you, trust is doing something that that feels uncomfortable. Maybe for you, trust is throwing up your hands in His presence and saying, God, I surrender. Maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's singing out to God with your voice instead of just humming the song. And it's opening your mouth because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. Maybe for you, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to speak on your behalf when you don't even have words to speak and He can speak of utters and groans in what's called the speaking of tongues. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe for you it's trusting God and laying down your sword and picking up His Word, which is the Bible, which is the lamp unto your feet. Where is it that you need to trust Him? I want us just to take the next few moments and I want us to lean into this presence of God right now. And I want to allow His presence to saturate our hearts and I want us to sing this song from a new position and a new place. I trust in God. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will
trust in you that although trust might look like we're going a little crazy trust may look a little bit messy that in between the space of seeking you and you answering we will trust you even though we may not understand even though we can't add it all up I declare today, Lord, that you would give us the strength, you would give us the wisdom to trust you with all of our heart, not just a portion of it, not just the parts that feel good, but the parts that hurt, the parts that make it feel uncomfortable. God, we want to trust you with our lives. We want to trust you in every area, not just in some, but in all. I declare today that as we're walking through situations and we're stepping into circumstances that we don't know the way maybe to go forward or we're not sure how we're going to get out of it or we don't know what's going to happen next. God, I just pray that we would continue to trust you. We may be on year five of seven of trusting you. We may be on year seven of ten of trusting you. We may be on year... 26 but we're going to trust you and although the answer may not be what we wanted or may not be what it's supposed to look like in our mind God we know that your ways are higher than our ways your thoughts are higher than our thoughts as high as the heavens or above the earth are your thoughts above our thoughts we also declare today that you know the plans that you have for us we will trust you We will trust you with our life. We will trust you with our kids. We will trust you in our finances. We will trust you with our purpose and our calling. We will trust you because your word does not return void. That if you said it, it will be done. That blessed is the man who puts his trust in the Lord. So today, Lord, we put our trust in you. We lean not on our own understanding, but we lean on yours. We acknowledge you today that you are the head, you are above, you are the first, you are the last, you are the alpha, the omega, you are all of the authority, you are all powerful and all knowing. And we place our trust in you today, Jesus. We say, have your will, Lord Jesus. Trust your process. We trust your ways. We trust you in every circumstance, even though it may be hard. We keep our eyes focused on you, Jesus. 
with every eye still closed, every head still bowed across this room today. I believe that there are some of you that as we're talking about trusting in God, trusting in the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, who knows every hair on your head, who knows you by name, the one that we talked about of seeking the Lord, that he will hear you. You have a heavenly father that sent his son because he heard us to die on a cross, to be the beautiful exchange, to be the ultimate sacrifice. And when you truly understand of the, the process in which the things that before Jesus came that you had to do in order to offer a sacrifice before the Lord to atone for the sins that you've committed and your wrongdoings that you committed, to know that Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain, the beautiful exchange to pay the ransom for your sin. The Bible tells us that he, he bore stripes on his back for your healing. It says that he was, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. That our sin is what placed him on that cross. But it says that he drank the cup which represented the wrath of God that was supposed to be the poured out vengeance for all of humanity for their corruptness and their sin. You and I, our sin, our mess ups, our failures, but Jesus took that cup and he poured it on that cross and he shed his blood so you could have life. So you could be in right standing with your heavenly father. The Bible says that in that space in between the cross and the tomb, it says that Jesus went down into the pit of hell and took back the keys from the enemy. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And on that third day, he walked out of that grave full of all power and all of authority. And he did it so you could live life to the full. He did it so that way one day when you stand before your heavenly father, you can say, I know Jesus. And he can say, welcome, come on in into your eternal glory. He did it when we sought him and he heard us. And because of Jesus, we can be delivered. But you have to know Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus' words, he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. That there is no one who can get to the Father except through me. What does that mean? That means that if I would call on the name of the Lord, it says that I shall be saved. It says that if in Romans 10, 9, that if I will confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Christ from the dead, it says you will be saved. And maybe you don't know Jesus like that today. Maybe you know of him, but you don't know him personally. I want to give you that chance today. I want to give you the opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Thank you for coming and dying for me. I surrender my life to you. Lead me, because if I will trust in you, and if I will acknowledge you, and if I will lean on you, your word says that you will direct my path. I've tried my path, and it's a little bit jaded. But Lord, your path is what makes our path straight. So if that's you today, you say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to know him. I want to receive him as Lord and Savior. 
so that way one day when I stand before those gates of heaven and I'm asked, what did I do with Jesus? I can say I accepted him into my life and I lived for him. And they'll say, welcome, come in. We've been waiting for you. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, that's me, pray for me. I want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. Or maybe, maybe this is a new year for you. Maybe this is your first time back in church. Maybe you started a New Year's resolution. You say, I need to come back to the Father. And this is your moment to say, I want to rededicate my life back to God. I've tried my own way. I've been living it. It's not what God would want from me. And I want to surrender my life again to Jesus. If that's you, if you're one of those two groups of people and you say, I need Jesus in my life. On the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. And we're going to pray a prayer together. Ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hands up and say, that's me. I want Jesus in my life. I want to accept him as Lord and Savior. I want him to lead me and direct me and guide me. If that's you, just lift your hand today. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift him high. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, redeem me. Save me. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Just a few more seconds. If that you don't, if that's you, don't let that moment pass you by. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can put your hands down. I want us to pray this prayer out loud together as one body. Say, Dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me live a new life in you. Jesus, I accept you as Savior and Lord of my life. And today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. I receive you now and your free gift of salvation. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But you have freely given it to me. I receive your grace now. In Jesus' name I pray. I put my trust in you with my whole heart. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone shout a big amen. Can we just welcome those to the family of God? If you prayed that prayer, we are so proud of that decision.